0: I'm going to go. I'm just getting in a car and going. I was not expecting to do that, but I have a feeling that this game tonight in Detroit is going to be something significant. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Penguins. Comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer Daily Shots of Steelers. And Pirates, where you found this, if I sound like I'm out of breath, it's because I've been packing here overnight for a trip that I was not expecting to make. But a couple of things converged with the trip that I knew that I'd make, which is to Cincinnati to cover the Pirates 142nd opener against the Reds, where I thought, all right, maybe, just maybe, it's worth augmenting our usual coverage, our usual hockey coverage for DK Pittsburgh sports by making my way up to Detroit to write a column off of that as well. I feel like this team has found something. You guys have not heard me say anything of the kind since the beginning of the season. There have been a couple of scattered, really strong performances along the way, and no more than that, and never, even when they had winning streaks or unbeaten streaks, have they put together three performances the way they have now in Denver, Dallas, and, of course, the win against the Capitals? Those weren't perfect either. They didn't even win in Dallas. They didn't come away with a point. And, of course, against the Capitals, they blew the 3-0 lead in the third period. But the overall Look and feel of what this team's done in the past week can't be matched by anything else they've done all season. And I am willing to see that through in my relatively insignificant role as the guy who sits upstairs and watches. I'm, I'm genuinely interested to see how they respond because this Detroit team will be the first in this week plus, where you'll have seen an opponent that's way out of it, that's, I think, well below them in terms of talent and everything. I know the Red Wings have some exciting young players, more excited on the back end, chief among them, but you don't look at them and think, yeah, there's a team that's at Pittsburgh's level talent-wise. Of course you don't. And we've seen only as recently as, oh, I don't know, a week or two ago, that the Penguins will play down to an Ottawa. They'll play down to a lot of teams that are below them or even miles below them in the standings. And that needs to stop. This team needs to not only produce points, they need to not only come away with the two points that are expected tonight, they need to keep playing the way that they have. Now, there's something interesting To think about in that context going into this game, Chris Letang, more than anyone, has a viewpoint that he's expressed many times that he really hates facing opponents who are way out of the playoff picture. The reason for that is, and anybody who has played the beautiful game of hockey at any level can attest to this, when you're facing a team like that and they don't have a care in the world, they will Torture you offensively because they'll take stupid chances they'll have two guys not one waiting at the far blue line for a breakout and they force you uh, as a defenseman and this is the part that he hates to stretch way back when you would rather just play a more conventional game if you were facing a more responsible opponent. does that make sense? so even that is gonna be a test I could see, A circumstance in which the Red Wings, who I will repeat have talent, score, you know, a decent number of goals tonight. But that doesn't mean that the Penguins can abandon everything that they've built up here over the past three games. They need to go at this opponent the same way or at least close to the same way while understanding that they're going to cheat. And the same will apply Thursday night when they face the Predators coming into PPG Paints Arena because that's another team that's way out of it. Because guess who comes after them? Right. The Bruins on Saturday. And you're going to have to figure some of this out and let it build up into real momentum. And then Sunday is the Flyers who are going to be more like these other two teams. It shouldn't matter the opponent shouldn't matter this is a point that mike sullivan makes all the time the opponent shouldn't matter yeah there are certain things and certain people that you want to pay attention to certain matchups that you'd like to have on the rink but it shouldn't matter who the other guys are if you are performing your system the way that it should be performed and this team hasn't... Dow, oh, you've heard all this. They, they just need to keep this going. Simple as that. Simple as that. When we come back, J1Q. J1Q comes from Tommy who says, Jake Gensel is the leading scorer? Where did that come from? Seems like just last week we were asking the question, is he having a good season or a bad season? So is he back to being Jake? Or is this stat line a product of their up and down play this season? Tommy, Jake, first of all, he isn't the leading scorer. He's the leading goal scorer. uh, And that is a, a distinction that has to be made. He's got the most goals with 32 But he's got 66 points for the season. Sidney Crosby has 85. Evgeny Malkin has 75. So he's, oh boy, 19 points off the scoring lead. But the 32 goals are real. And given Jake's pedigree, his history, and really his consistency at 5-on-5, this is pretty much where he should be. And I would argue that especially playing alongside a living legend in Sid, that he actually should be somewhere between 35 and 40 goals over a given season. Now, it's to his credit, and this is also a consistency with him, that he's done this at 5-on-5. Of his 32 goals, only 8 have come on the power play. And yeah, there have been a bunch of empty netters in there too, but he's on the rink for that reason. In the final minute or two, uh, Mike Sullivan is aware that Jake isn't the world's greatest defensive forward. He's certainly no force out there in that regard. But what Jake does is he ends the game. you know, <laughs> And that's a skill unto itself at that point in the game. Uh, you want somebody out there who's going to put the dagger into the process. And Jake has done that seven times this season. But to what I think was your broader point as to whether or not Jake is or is not having a good season, and there's no such thing as a bad 32-goal season, okay? Let's get that part out of the way. Has he been at his very best the whole way through? No. But you got to watch him. Just watch him in action. Isolate on him. And, of course, I'm talking about being at the actual venue. He gets ragdolled like maybe nobody else in hockey. Two reasons for that. One is the obvious. He's not big. And two, he's probably the one small guy that you're facing, meaning from the other team's perspective, on a regular basis where you have something to gain from ragdolling the small guy. And you'll see, especially in playoffs, especially in playoffs, Teams will just brutalize him because they'll do anything that they can to try to minimize his production. Why? Because he always seems to somehow end up with these types of goal totals. And yes, that also applies to playoffs. So if they can either get him off his game or get him not feeling great or take something off his shot just by making sure they, you know, smash his shoulder into the glass every opportunity that they have, they're going to do it. So 32 goals, a few more games left. He'll probably end up at around 35. Yeah, that's a pretty good season. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. We'll do another one of these tomorrow.